And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for another edition of the No Spots Podcast. And now, introducing your host from the People's Studios in Reston, Virginia, DC's People's Champ. From the Wrestling Ranch in West Virginia, Donnie Wrestling. And from the basement, Dan the Sea. And Topecon, hello and welcome, guys, to episode 98 of the No Spots Podcast, coming at you live not only from our Facebook page, facebook.com slash no spots pod, not only from our YouTube channel, but we are also currently streaming on the Twitch gimmick. Yes, indeed, we are on the Twitch gimmick, y'all. And we we'll it out just to see what we can do and everything like that. Uh, we got Hector already here on time. What's up, Hector? I was actually just telling us about chat with Hector uh, in uh, Evil Uno's Twitch stream just a little while ago. <laughs> but, uh, but of course, DC's people share here. Of course, I'm joined, as always, by my taxi partner, the Sith himself. Sith, what's going on, sir? Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hey, doing? Yo, Hector, what's going on, fam? How you doing? Hope everyone's having a good day so far. Been a wild week in wrestling. Raw was actually okay. But anyhow, champ, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I, I had to do some last minute prep. I was, I've been sitting all day watching Twitch streams thinking I was all done and then realized I was missing one more thing and got it done just in time. So good to go. But uh, we got a packed show for you guys on this episode. Of course, we're going to have some uh, a lot of news and notes, including one news story that we're actually going to talk about. Uh, normally with the news, we just go right through it and then keep it moving. But there's one story that came out. We definitely want to get, get our thoughts on that. So we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, I will do a recap of last night's episode of Strong, which was the beginning of the road to new beginning in the USA tour for them, uh, as well as preview the next upcoming three shows, the final three shows of the new beginning tour in Japan. So we'll get to that in just a bit. We will also recap last Sunday's Royal Rumble pay-per-view, which saw a historic victory in the women's Royal Rumble and saw an ultimate comeback almost complete. One part of it is complete. We'll see what the other one is. So we'll see. We'll talk about that as well. And then we'll get into the week. Like Sif said, Rose actually better than decent this week. So we got a lot to talk about there, along with all the other shows this week, including the NXT UK report from the basement. So without further uh, without further ado, let's kick this thing off, shall we? There's, we are underway. First and foremost, uh, during AEW Dynamite this past week, the AEW Women's t- uh, Number One Contenders Eliminator Tournament. The participants were announced this past week. As you know, announced that they were going to do this eliminator tournament, 16 women competing in two different brackets, one side, the Japanese side, the other side, the American side, and the winner will get a shot at Hikaru Shida and the AEW Women's World Championship. Um, so on the Japanese side, the participants on that side are as follows. You have Asha Kong, Yuka Sakazaki, Benny, Emi Sakura, Ryo Mizunami, Maya Suruga, Rin Kadokura, and the very controversial and enigmatic Maki Itoi. 
On the U.S. side, you have NWA World's Women's Champion Serena D. You have former uh, the first AEW Women's World Champion Riho, Dr. Britt Baker, DMT, Ty Conti, Thunder Rosa, Nala Rose, and Jay, and Lay Legit Layla Hirsch. Uh, one matchup was already announced, which is uh, Serena D going up against Riho, which means Riho is back here in the state to compete on this side of the globe in that tournament. And one other note as regards to this is that Sheena herself is actually in Japan right now. And I think she, it was important that she's there to actually produce the tournament matches in the Japanese bracket. She uh, posted a picture on social media a couple days ago saying that she was in Japan. So, of course, she's going through quarantine. 14-day quarantine is required by, Japan, by the Japanese. Uh, when you come from outside of Japan, she's going to do the quarantine and then she'll be helping to produce new batches for uh, the Japanese. Awesome stuff there for Sheeta. And yeah, can't, uh, can't wait to see this tournament. Uh, it'll be great. And once we know the match, we'll probably give our predictions. You know, we'll do all that. Next. Uh, so, a lot of people probably wonder why have we not seen uh, Lawrence Sullivan on TV since October? October, November. Well, it's a really simple question. He was taken off of TV, and then he was quietly released in January. That's according to a report that's come out uh, where it was announced that the WWE had parted ways with Lawrence Sullivan very quietly in uh, in January of this year. Uh, Sullivan even confirmed in an interview with Fightful Select that he did, in fact, get released. Uh, he said that they were very kind and generous to him in his release, saying that uh, dealing with Crippling anxiety because of the fact that uh, he, it's to the point he couldn't eat on show days. He did, uh, there was a report that he no showed a couple shows, and that kind of led to this point. But nine times out of ten, the no show was probably from crippling anxiety. Now, somebody who has anxiety is crippling, but I have it. I understand. But at the same time, you have a job to do. And so, so it looks like now he doesn't have that job, and it looks like he may be getting out of pro wrestling. All together, because you know, on top of that, you know, all the all the controversy that he had with the the, the racist remark, the anti racist and homophobic remarks he had on a muscle building uh, website that led to message board led to his one hundred thousand thousand dollar fine. Uh, then the whole the gay porn uh, situation, the injury, uh, then coming back looking like he's going to be something, and then next thing you know, it's no way. And now that he also did lose his father uh, last year as well, so that kind of added to that as well. So, uh, unfortunately, Lars Sullivan is uh, gone, and we hope he can land on his feet and be able to take care of that whole issue with um, with, with that with that anxiety. It's not not something to mess with. No, it's not something to mess with. Right. So next, New Japan. New Japan has a new deal, and they got a new little partnership with the Roku channel. Uh, for those who don't know, Roku is a uh, not only is a channel, but it's also a streaming service as well. Uh, they will be uh, doing uh, providing content for New Japan on their channel in the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom beginning on February the 11th. So, uh, uh, this coming Thursday, uh, they will be doing that. They will have a one-hour series of programming that will premiere on February the 11th. It will air every Thursday beginning at 5 p.m. on the channel with replays available on demand thereafter. Um, the, the channel will also host a block of library content uh, featuring the best matches from this past year of 2020. Uh, there's also going to be the potential to introduce more historical content in the future. 
uh, director of v, uh, video, uh, audio video on demand growth, Ashley Hovey for Roku said, quote, expanding the breadth and quality of our program has fueled the Roku channel to one of the largest and fastest growing channels on our platform. Uh, sports programming continues to be in a category for our users. And we are very excited to partner with, NJ, with NJPW to put the world of professional wrestling at the fingertips of millions of engaged users on the Roku channel. Uh, the president of New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling, Takami Bari, also spoke of this uh, state saying, quote, uh, our fans in the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom are among our most loyal, and they have been very clear that they want New Japan's content made available to them. New Japan is unlike any other pro wrestling in the world. So there you go. They're back on TV in the United States. The last time they were on TV in the United States, they were um they had a TV deal with Access, which is my anthem, but then that relationship severed. Unfortunately, we hadn't seen them on TV in the United States. Only way we can get them is through uh the New Japan World subscription streaming service. But now you get to get some content on TV in the United States. Okay, now this was the topic we wanted to talk about. Um, Steve Cutler. It was announced on Thursday night that Steve Cutler had been released from his WWE contract. Now, no one knew what happened. Like he, him, and him and his partner were taking off TV. Jack, uh, Steve Cutler, and Wesley. They were originally part of uh, Corbin's group, and then they were taken off TV. And then Steve Cutler is now gone. But now more reports have been emerging that he that. Uh, he and his uh, girlfriend, current Impact Wrestling knockout champion, Deanna Perazzo, uh contracted COVID-19 back in January uh, after attending a New Year's Eve party. And that's where the controversy came up because they went to the party and then they got the virus. Though they were asymptomatic, it still happened. And so it led to a lot of heat that came on, on Steve Cutler for that. It ultimately looks like it's led to his departure from the company. He did confirm via social media that he did, in fact, was he was, in fact, released. Um, Deanna actually confirmed uh, via Twitter about the uh, the diagnosis. Say, quote, uh, Steve Cutler and I had tested positive COVID uh, at the beginning of January and no symptoms, but took all precautions necessary. Thanks for the well wishes, but are healthy and in good spirits. When one door closes, another opens. And so I know a lot of people are going to probably want to, like, wait till she make it to hard to kill. If it was early enough in, the, in January, she would have gone through the quarantine period and been able to come in, and she probably tested negative when she got to Vancouver, when she got into Tennessee, Nashville, and all this. But this is why I wanted to discuss it. Seth, with all the reports that are that come out about the, the details surrounding getting catching COVID after attending a party and then potentially bringing it into their bubble, even though he was turned away, the potential that he could have brought that into the bubble. What do you think about that? Because that's that's interesting. What do you think about that? Okay. Uh, let me hit the reset button here for a minute. When people like Roman Reigns were brought back in this age of COVID, and people like Kevin Owens were assured that measures would be put in place to ensure the safety of the performers, of the producers, everybody. Where it came to this age of COVID thing, and we were all at they were all at the performance center, or they were all 
in Tampa, you know, at the Thunderdome setting and whatnot, things are supposed to work out. So Steve Cutler goes in, asymptomatic, probably after the New Year's Eve party, and goes into the testing center. It goes into the, to the PC where wrestlers are training. You have certain wrestlers right now that are training right now to be better big men. You know, we've read that report. You know, they voluntarily are going there. You have performance center trainees that are there getting their work in. You have NXT people that are there getting their work in. And this happens. And then all these reports surface. I'm amazed he was given his 90-day release. I would have been given the well wishes, you know, featured and everything. Because this is dangerous territory here. Because it's okay to attend a function, but they weren't even wearing masks at this party. Hit the reset button. No, they were not wearing masks. I call it for walks almost every day. What do I take with me? My mask. I practice what I tell y'all all the time. If you're going to go out, wear a fucking mask. This bonehead didn't wear a mask. Caught COVID. And then brought it into the WWE Performance Center, possibly. And this is after WWE has had problems with NXT and also the main roster with people catching COVID. Bruh, I'm speechless at this point. You know? Well, okay, so so really quickly, really quickly, because uh, I want to move on to, to the final news story, but uh, I just think that this kind of irresponsibility, this, I hate to say this, but this is someone being uh, made an example of. Same thing with what happened with Delina Vega with the whole third party uh, thing. She didn't want to give up her Twitch and she was subsequently let go. This is another, this seems to be another example of we're going to make an example out of you because you were irresponsible and going to a party, not taking the proper precautions, and then you caught COVID and almost brought it into our bubble. And luckily we caught it before you did. Otherwise, they could have had an outbreak that could have really severely crippled that organization. So, bottom line is, is that I'm sorry. I, I hate the fact that, that he's released, but I'm sorry. You were irresponsible. Steve, Steve Cutler was very irresponsible. And Deanna's not making it no better on Twitter by defending this shit. She's not making it no better. Period. So the bottom line is you 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 got you got to be caught with your hand in the cookie jar and you got to take your consequences. Bottom line, point blank, period. And um Hector actually has a good a good point here, a good comment here I want to show real quick for the, those who are watching. Why do I have a feeling it was Cutler who gave me a young COVID and by proxy Keith Lee? I don't think he made it that far to give it to her. I don't think he got that that close. I, my, a report, I think one of Deanna's tweets actually said that he was tested and then they got the results before he got into the Thunderdome and he was turned away. So I don't think he got that close. So it's no telling where Mia got it from, but I don't think it was him. But it still is very irresponsible. It still is very, it's, I just, I can't condone that kind of thing. Um, like I said, my my uh, my son, his mother, my younger brother, all caught COVID. 
Thank God they've all fully recovered. My brother's actually back to work today. Uh, I got to see my son for the first time in two weeks yesterday. I gave him the biggest hug I could because I missed him so much. Um, and everything is good now. But it could have been worse. I could have lost him. So this is irresponsible. And I take this shit personally. But that's just me. OK, but we're going to move. We're going to move on. I like. OK, Hector. Hector says I work out every day and I wear my mask every because I care for my skin. Although I pulled something in my leg. Yes. Hopefully it's nothing minor. OK. Uh, um, and he heard about his release on uh, what culture. So there you go. He thinks uh, he, he wants to know if we think it's Ari on the U.S. side. Bracket. I, I don't think it's I all because, I mean, she was the first. AW wins world champion so you know I'm sure they want they I, I know the logic but I just think it's odd to me I'm on our most very somber uh news story and that is that uh, this past week uh we we found out the death of legendary professional wrestler Bruce Butch Reed uh Butch Reed passed away this week at the age of 66 from uh heart complications he had it was reported two major heart attacks this year, and it led to his ultimately his uh, time passing. Just success. His official Instagram account actually announced the passing of the former WCW Tag Team Champion uh, when it happened, and the account uh, quote says, "Quote to everyone who reached out, God bless you. Today we lost a great man due to heart complications." Easy for me to say. Bruce Bush Reed passed away. Bush is in heaven now. The wrestling gods. I'm sure he's already booked for a heavyweight championship match. Once again, thank you for all the prayers. We will keep this page going in his memory. For funeral arrangements, send me a DM for information if you would like to attend. God bless everyone and God bless in heaven. Hacksaw Bush Reed. Uh, Bush Reed was best known for his runs not only in Mid South Wrestling. Also in WCW when they were aligned with the NWA, as well as a run in WWE. Again, uh, Butch Reed has passed away at the age sixty-six. Such, we would like to ring the bell ten times in memory of Butch Reed. Gone, but not forgotten. In peace, Butch. Thank you very much. All right, with that, that'll end our news and notes segments, and uh, we're gonna move on. Here, shall we? Uh, by the way, if you're watching Twitch, hello. Uh, make sure you give us a follow if you're new, and uh, show us love if you're watching on Facebook. Make sure you share it to all your friends and your and your folks and the wrestling groups, and tell them to come on in to hang out with us. Right. So let's. Talk about New Japan. Of course, New Japan strong last night, Friday night. Uh, it's the beginning of the road to New Beginning in USA Tour, which will 
culminate with the renewed beginning in U.S. event on February the 26th, which will be headlined by the all in the highly anticipated matchup between Kenta, the whole the current con contract holder for a right for a shot at the United States Heavyweight Championship, going up against U.S. Heavyweight Champion John Mosley. Uh, we already saw what's been going on. We'll talk about it, um, when it comes when we get to that. We can't wait for that matchup. But on Strong last night, we had our little rematch uh, card. And it started with DKC getting a victory with a triangle choke over Ken Knight. Two young lines going at it there. Uh, a big eight-man tag match saw Bateman, Mysterioso, Adrian Quest, and Jordan Clearwater get a victory over the Regal Twins, Barrett Brown, and Big Bad Brody King. And in the main event, uh, Ray Horst gets a big upset victory over TJP. Uh, in the main event that went 10 minutes and 41 seconds. So good stuff from Ray Horace and a good, good show to start off their road to new beginning in the USA. And speaking of the road to new beginning, not in the USA, but in Japan, uh, they are now winding down that road and they have two, uh, one more show left before their big two night card in Hiroshima. Uh, they will have a show at Corkman Hall on the 8th, which is this Monday. It will be it will, you will have five matches on the card again because of the state of emergency and curfew. They have to be done by eight o'clock. You will have a six match tag that will feature Yusuke Taguchi and two young lions, Gabriel Kidd and Yuya Romero going up against Suzuki Goons, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Desperado, and Minoru Suzuki. So Yuya is going to finally get his opportunity to go after Suzuki. I, I can't wait. Uh, the second match feature Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii. Kazuchika Okada going up against Yujiro Takahashi Evil and the, and the man who returned on February the 1st to attack Ishii and basically said, I'm back, Jay White. And by the way, it's, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll tell you about when we talk about the card for the 10th and the 11th, but there's been a, a championship match added to the uh, new beginning of Hiroshima show based on Jay White's return. Uh, match number three was Doki along with his uh, fellow Suzuki mates, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi going up against Jado, along with the Gorillas of Destiny, the current tag team champions. So that's going to that's gonna be their final warm-up before the Tackers going up against G.O.D. for the tag titles in Hiroshima. In Hiroshima. Uh, Master Wata and Homba will go up against Bushi and Tetsuya Naito. This will be Wata and Bushi's last warm-up before their one-on-one -on -one match in Hiroshima. And in the main event, uh, the number one contenders for the Junior Heavyweight Championship show along with the double champion Kota Ibushi going up against their respective opponents, the junior heavyweight himself, Hiromu Takahashi and Sonata. There you go. Uh, that's your card. This will be final warm-up before they get after it in Hiroshima two days later. Speaking of, on the 10th, this is the card for night one of the new beginning in Hiroshima taking place at the Hiroshima Sunplow Hall. You will have Gabe Kid, Yurimura, and Yoda, all three young lions going up against Suzuki, Despi, and Hanamaru in the opening match. Uh, match two will be the grudge match between Wakato and Bushi. Match number three will be in match with pretty much all of Chaos, with the exception of one, which is show. Uh, uh, you got Yano, you got Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and Okada against. El Phantasmal, Taiji Ishimori, Yujiro Takahashi, JY, and Evil. Uh, 
Then in the semifinal, you will have Tomi, you have Homa and Ibushi against Naito and Sonata. So it's one more preview for them. And then in the, the well, that's that's the fourth match. The semifinal will be Tango Low and Tamatanga defending the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships against the Tekkers, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi. And then in the main event, Hiromo Takahashi's first defense as the 88th IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion going up against Sho. So that should be a fun little night there to open up. But then night two, where we're going to see some more fun and, and, and fireworks as you'll have Gay Kid, Yuyu Yurimura, and Noda Suji. Again, the uh, young Lions going up against Suzuki Goon. This time will be Doki and Dangerous Tekkers who could or could not be the tag team champions at that time, we shall see. Yoshino, Kanemaru, Despi, and Suzuki going against Elfad, Asmus, Aijiji, Mori, and Yujiro Takahashi in the second match. Match number three, we'll see Master Wato show and Toma Akihoma going up against Bushi, Hiromu, and Naito. Would, will show be the champion going up against the former champion, or will he be a challenger going against the champion? We shall, fight, we shall see. Uh, Toriano and Kazucho Okada going up against Dick Togo and Evil. Uh, it looks like they haven't added this match. It's still Doki, Zack Sabre, but they put them in the first match. So the fifth match is actually going to be the never open weight man tag team championship match, which is going to be Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Go, and Yoshihashi against the Gorillas of Destiny and Jay White. That match was made uh, early, early this week after Jay White's actions the uh, those three days in uh, Corkman Hall. And in the main event for the double championships, uh, Ibushi, his second defense, and it will be against Sonata. So a fun and exciting two nights we're looking forward to inside of Hiroshima for the new beginning in Hiroshima. So cannot wait for that. And that's it. That is what's coming up ahead with Japan. And that is your new Japan recap. Now, move on. And let's talk about the Royal Rumble, shall we? Uh, the Royal Rumble took place on Sunday. We had six matches, one match on the pre-show, and then the five matches on the main card, including the two Royal Rumble matches. And it was pretty, a pretty good show. A pretty good show. Um, as you know, my we watched we watched along with you guys and we thank you for those who joined us for our twitch debut doing that um and again if this goes well with us doing the podcast on twitch we'll continue to do that so that way we keep the twitch channel active with content in between pay-per-views so it's just not sitting there and stuff like that uh and we might add other stuff to it i'm thinking about that kind of stuff so just Keep, you know, bear with us. You know, make sure you're following our Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash true no spots pod, and all that good stuff. All right, Siv, let's talk about the Royal Rule. It opened with the women's tag team championship match. Uh, Charlotte Flair and Oscar, the champions at the time, going up against Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax. Pretty good matchup. It was kind of thwarted, though, with the interference of Rick Flair coming out from the ramp. Then when he came out, that let uh, he was able to get brass nuts, and I didn't even catch this while we were watching this. Probably because I was looking down or something like that. But I didn't catch this, but she kept interfering when Charlotte kept trying to put a uh, uh, Baszler in the figure eight. She kept interfering. The ref couldn't see it. Then Rick Flair gave her brass nuts. She took the brass nuts. A woman's right, and next thing you know, Baszler gets the victory, and we have new 
tag team champions, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, who I picked to become the champions, I believe. Uh, yes, I picked, I picked them. Mm-hmm. So there you go. But let's start. Let's get you started here. What did you think about this uh, pre-show matchup and how it turned out? This was like an appetizer. Okay. It, it's a kickoff show match. Um, some people online had this idea that a kickoff show match has to be the pre, you know, a major big deal. No, you, you just wanted to set things up for the night. Okay. And that's what this match does. It's what it did. It did its job. As we needed Charlotte to be more focused on Lacey and her dad's shenanigans. And we really need Asuka to get back on track with defending the Raw Women's Championship. Now, I'm mad about the outcome. I predicted it. Um, with all the interfering that Lacey did with Rick, with Lacey Evans and Ric Flair interfering, that you know, basically protects Charlotte and Asuka as a tag team. So, no, it, it did its job. Not mad at the match itself, but it didn't move my grade up or down at the time or on the rewatch champ. All right. Yeah, Um. let me put myself on, on the screen. I was sorry, looking at something. Um, so, I mean... I agree that it is job. I agree, you know, it's supposed to get everybody for it for what's to come. Um, I just like how how obvious that finish was and how you know, Lacey got involved. Uh, and yeah, it just it just it was just obvious to finish that fish. Then the wounds right. It's like how is that reading that scene? It's like, how is he like literally? Is that turning and looking at Anna? Normally, you're looking, you know, at the shoulders and stuff this way. I just don't, I didn't expect that. That match on was good all the way up until the end. They sent a fear through the match. It's a crap. I would say through a complete crap done without that. Or if you're making one, one thing, you know, one move thing, not all this other crap. It just was too much going on. Too much going on, and so I wasn't. I, I wasn't. I'm sorry, but the, the the result that I asked for and that I predicted happened, and now I changed. Like the so that's all I can ask for. The next, uh, we opened actually with McIntyre winning WWE Championship. Uh, he finished against Goldberg, and this was a hot break. I mean. Came out the race, they fought for a good couple minutes, even before the bell rang. Sorry, with Spear drew the, the uh, barricade, and we thought, oh, 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 no. And it, it got that. When the bell rang, a couple years ago, no. Uh, even with the dad cam, which didn't like his normal dad camera, but it was a dad camera nonetheless, and we're still. No, 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 no. When he kicked out, I was like, okay, I, I like this. this, this he, she, he actually pulled this out and retained. And then he caught him with a couple more, and there you go. He got the victory in under three minutes, I believe it was. I looked that up while I was talking about the championship, and uh, they were 
Some shake hands. He says he passed the test. Whatever the fuck. Means. Uh, um, and then uh, um, that was it. Uh, what did you think about this uh match and the way it opened? Okay, champ. I'll I've already got it down here for you so that we don't have to look it up. Two minutes and thirty-two seconds was the official runtime of McIntyre versus Goldberg. Yes. Good shit. Good shit. Okay, good shit here, folks. Because as Champ alluded to, and I even noticed it on the rewatch, you had about, let's say, a good conservative 10 minutes between the entrances and the outside the ring action before the bell actually rang to get the match started to begin with. Okay, reset. Now, this match did have the botch where it came to the jackhammer. It, it wasn't as solid as the jackhammer used to be. And perhaps Goldberg needs to stop using the move. You know, even if Vince thinks, ooh, 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 this is really, really good shit. Nah, dude, if you can't nail it precision-wise anymore, please stop using it. Please. Because we've seen what happens when moves like that get executed wrong people get hurt. So, you know, just a little mental thought for Goldberg the next time he goes in, because he does another match that's here according to his contract. But I digress. It, it was a good match, and it was the outcome that Champ and I both predicted and definitely wanted. We wanted, you know, Drew McIntyre to retain, and he did. Champ? Yeah. So, uh, my thoughts on this is like real simple. I expected this to be a quick match. I expected it. I wanted it to be a quick match. I didn't have the same minute of February. Goldberg is in his 50s and he can do long matches like that anyway. Um, but as he gets up there in age, he can't do them. But the people was just set off the jackhammer and the lack of execution. I look what with um happened with the other Saudi Arabia. He then dropped him on his fucking neck and head. So, uh, but again, the match was bad because it was what I expected to be short and sweet. And the right result was made, which was a Goldberg not in the championship, Drew retaining the championship. And um, Hector makes a point in the comments as well. He said it looked like spamming the finisher, but under control the finish quickly. did like that. I didn't know. But um, by the way, um, not review next challenger who whatever that may be uh coming up. But um, let's move on. And then next we would have for the smack smack down championship bangs and gets a melt. good back and forth match between these two. These two have some really good matches together, which is really great to see. Uh, because a lot of women's matches. Seems to just always just repetitive to me, but that, but this was really really good competitive. You had Malier Reto getting involved and he finally booted. So at that and Carmella looked like one of the coldest elements, uh, but somehow I got out of that and, and then the fish was able to get her back in the basement and made her tap out. Sasha. The women's champion, that's another one I think. So at this point, I already know. Uh, but Seth Wickham was a very, very competitive women's uh, all night. 
very good women's venture between Sasha Banks and Carmella. The only part that really made me and Champ go, ooh, and this was especially apparent during the rewatch. Hey, Champ, remember that dive that Carmella took, Carmella took out of the ring out on to Sasha? Oh, the way she landed. Fucking hell. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. I wasn't, I, I completely forgot about that, too. Initially, you watch it and you're like, ooh. But then when you do it on a rewatch like I do, and for those who are new to the pod, I rewatch all the pay-per-views that we cover here on the pod, I was like, ooh. Because when you're watching the pay-per-view, you have this adrenaline running through your body. You know? So it helps to do a rewatch. When I do a rewatch, it can really laser focus. And with that, I was like, thank God no one got injured with that because that could have really been a bad situation. Even though I predicted the match wrong, I said Carmella Banks won. I'm happy that Banks won, though, because it shows to me that for now, WWE is going to let Sasha Banks be champion through at least WrestleMania. And that's good with me because she's finally getting the traction of a champion that we haven't seen before with Sasha Banks and titles on the main roster. So overall, that dive aside, which I can't get out of my head, I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, yeah, that dive, and Hector makes a good point. That uh, Carmella's dive to the outside made me cringe. Good Lord, it was bad, but good thing Carmella kept going. Uh, and I said it during watch along that I did it was reminiscent of December 24, 3-times-since-she's-had-she's-had-three-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-success-
the last games we saw the return of Jillian Hall, and we saw Jillian Billy, we saw the return of Tori Wilson, we also returned Victoria, and we saw return at number two, Naomi. Uh, Beller came at number three, and absolutely killed it. We also saw your really up here. And we saw a great little standoff at the end. Uh, the final three with Bianca Belair, Rhea and Charlotte almost showing, you know, almost circles with they to where they were a year ago. The NXT Women's Champion. Charlotte had just won the Royal Rumble that year, and Bianca was real championship. And Charlotte kind of dismissed the looking wild who challenged her to challenge her for her championship. So then they ganged up Bianca and Rhea did get out and then they went at it and then for a couple near ones before finally Rhea would be hoisted over the top and Bianca Belair takes history being the first American to win a Royal Rumble match and she won it from the number three position Position. She's been going on to WrestleMania to compete for championships. We think about women's role. Okay, champ. I've got some things to unpack for you. Fifty-six minutes, fifty-two seconds, and four eliminations. That's Bianca's stat besides winning from position number three in the women's Royal Rumble. Um, which um, is amazing. I mean, Bianca Belair greatly deserves this. And I'm not saying this because I predicted her to win. I'm not saying that because saying it because this is the year of Bianca Belair. No, I'm saying it because it was well deserved. Period. Now, if there's only one thing that's disappointing is the fact that we had Rhea Ripley in the Royal Rumble match, but we haven't seen her on the main roster yet. We didn't see her on NXT television, which means if we don't know where she's going to go, you know, I'm kind of hoping it's main roster, but it was a really, really good match. Um, really solid effort. And again, it kind of Corey favors the moment to see in my closing the specialty matches carried the night. That's what they were banking on. This helped carry the night. Champ. Okay. Uh, before I get my thoughts, I'm going to down the third involved in this matchup. Name it one. Then name it two. Yeah, Bell Before she came in, uh, C part, C5. Shay Bader. Six Tone Storm at seven, Jen Hall at eight, Ruby Wright at nine, Victoria at ten, Joyce at eleven, yeah, from XC coming in there. She was at twelve, more team, Rhea Report team, uh, Charlotte fifteen, sixteen, Tori Wilson at seventeen, Lucy Abby, Mickey James at ten, Nikki Cross twenty, Alicia was making her return. She was at number one. Andy, 
24. Carmella 24. Tamina 25. Lana making her return. Blizz 7. And remove NXT 28. 9. And Natalia at 30. That's how they be in terms of order. I can say this women's match was absolutely amazing. Just, uh, it was amazing. All the storylines and all the gimmicks and things like uh, Naomi hit up another feet or butt and her feet in the air. And then used beyond the ring. I mean, it was so many unique spots, so much unique moments, like, you know, uh, man, like Jillian, Jill Billy, uh, see Victoria Becky in there. She said after Maddox, some comments on WWE's website uh, that she was hella nervous before she went out there. I gotta remember, they've been retired couples now. So this was like some, you know, getting back into the. Into the, the all in all, just. Great and just result that all expected, which was Anka with the whole damn thing. And Ocean's overcoming her was amazing. I'm getting goosebumps now just out the moment and her, you know, because barriers. I mean, in the year where we have the female vice president who's a person of color, a woman, of color, and now to have a woman of color win one of the biggest matches in all wrestling, which the Royal Rumble. I, damn, man. I, I mean, it's so amazing. I, it truly, truly was a joy. Truly, joy to see. Right. All right. So let's talk my main event. Let's for the U champ. It's Roman against KO in the last match. Get everything in this match. We had throws off the LED stands. We had workless. We had all kind of stuff. With those people in the hell out of each other, match, um, no, no Jimmy, uh, no Jimmy. Uh, it was revealed that he was not medically cleared to be a rumble. So there was no Jimmy. Uh, Paul Heyman wasn't around until late. But they just went after each other all over uh, Tropical And it led to the finish with KO handcuffing Ro uh, Roman to a little steel uh, board there. And then when it looked like it was over, and he could get up. Roman then did the most he could do, and that's take the ref and yeet him into, into the thing and knock him out. So then that, and then Paul comes to try to uncuff him. And they have uncuffed him, getting him uncuffed. And because of that, it led to a, to a very awkward, very awkward uh, moment there towards finish with ref was counting after Kate got hooped in the net. Uh, he gets up. And the ref stops counting. It's like, wait, you can't stop counting. Roman's still down. But he stopped counting. They finally get Roman freed. And Roman goes to the team, puts Kevin Owens out now, and Roman retains. That, mo that moment there kind of soured the matchup for me because you could tell that something went wrong. And instead of trying to improvise, you just, just went, it just led to. Very awkward. Uh, so what to say of oh, this this match, universal championship match, and my boss Roman retaining? We'll take forklifts and golf carts and go all over the field. We'll have fun. Oh, sorry, my bad. Just having a little fun here. But that's what it was like for about ninety-five percent of the match. It was fun to watch. 
I mean, it, this was just an escalation of, okay, um, let's take it away from the LED screens. Let's take it backstage. Okay, let's go up against the production stuff. Let's go up against all this, you know, let's use a forklift, which the same time off the top of the forklift was amazing. Roman taking KO for a ride on the golf cart was fun as hell to watch. Everything's going great. Enjoying every single spot of this match and watching these guys just escalate. And then come the handcuffs. And it's like, wait a minute. You're on the rewatch. It was getting tedious for me. I'm going, oh my God. They took this too far with the handcuffs. You know, and it was so obvious. And that, that's the biggest problem of all with this thing was that botch because it was just so obvious. And it was hard to avoid on the rewatch. And it kind of stalled things for a bit with that. But it was still a solid match, except for that, I'd say about three minutes or so, where we're just saying, you know, trying to get this guy uncuffed. It, it was just weird. But other than that, I really enjoyed the match. And I love how Roman has added, away from the spear and away from the Superman punch, I love how he's added the guillotine submission to his arsenal. It shows more depth to him as a wrestler. Champ. Okay. Yeah, like outside of the finish, everything match absolutely which was you would from these two. They've had a steel cage match, a steel cage match, and that's my stand match. Got to be done with. That's Carmilla and uh, Saja. This is got to be done with. This is done. Dale's had three hours, and he's lost all of it. And they all in gadgets. Where, where the way? I mean, you had fans two or three, but yeah, I mean, this got done now. Um, but uh, the match was uh, absolutely really, really good. Uh, really, really awesome. Uh, Hector says, like, Hector says, I saw him, I saw him running over the car, but the handcuffs killed by me. Yeah, I think it was a lot. People because the fact it seemed it, it was a place where it it kind of hold things and make things kind of grind to a halt and, and provide or something like that and just they just kind of stop. So, yeah. But again, great match, great. Match. I switched the defense went up and you know. Now let's talk about the men's match. Uh, the only match on the night I got wrong uh, because I picked Daniel Bryan because it was his time to win the Royal. And going to become a champion. Instead, it was Edge. I'm mad at that. Edge actually started at the number position with Randy. They got into it early. Uh, ended up Randy or got injured. Uh, quotes. And he got the match. Uh, you had Sammy, Mustafa Ali, Mustafa Ali, Party, Dolph Ziggler, Shinsuke Nakamura. You had a number eight, the returning Carlito and. Boy, the Carlito the jack. Sheesh, he's jack. Uh, he came in, he had Xavier Woods in there, Big E, John Morrison, Rick the debuting game roster, Damian Priest, the Miz, Rip, 
Uncle Daniel won at 17. Then Kane came in at number 18. He was actually eliminated by Damian Bruce, but he got two eliminated to add to his overall total, which is currently a record. Jordan Otis, Dominic Mysterio, Bobby Lashley. Then you had back-to-back surprise entrants. Kirk King Helms at number 23, who looks like he let him know, I'm sorry to say, and then number 24. Christian, for Christ's sake, another man who people thought would not, would not be back in a wrestling, and he was back in the Royal Rumble, in the Royal Rumble match. Uh, AJ Styles will follow, uh, he'll be followed, Ray Mysterio, Sheamus, Cesaro, Seth Rollins, and Braun Strowman. Uh, but in the edge, we get victory last in one hour and 32 minutes with three eliminations. We get the victory and we'll go on to WrestleMania. Sid, your thoughts on this match, please. Wow. You know, this, this was a lot of fun. Now, some historical stats here before we get into a really cool move with the Apple and everything. Edge becomes only the third man to come in at number one. Go all the way. Shawn Michaels, Chris Benoit. Join him in that one. And Edge and Orton are the third opening pairing to start off. One and two and go to the end together. Shawn Michaels, British Bulldog, 95. And the worst of the two, if you will, Vincent Stone Cold in 99, which, of course, was the buildup, you know, of that. You know what I loved about the Carlito intro entrance besides the fact that Carlito is jacked? A champ. They teased the apple, but they didn't do the spitting. Smart move. Smart move there. That's what you call tax. You know it's COVID, so you can't really do Carlitos really the full Carlito Caribbean cool from ruthless aggression, but you can still hint at it without it doing fully. Um, all in all, this is what you want in a Royal Rumble match. You want your surprises, Christian. After being told. You'll never wrestle again. Champ, were you like me and had goosebumps when you first saw that? That Christian was there? Yes. Same here. And I had it on yes. the watch too. I was like, oh my God. You know, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, when Christian showed up the first time, I was like, he beat the odds. <laughs> this, this is great. You know, it, it it was great to see the embrace with Edge and Christian because the two of them are lifelong best friends. They really are. But all in all, I really enjoyed it this year. Um, maybe next year, who knows what they'll bring in for a surprise entrant that can't wrestle anymore, who was told you're not medically cleared. If they can do this, I'll be happy. Champ? My bad, I did that prematurely. Um, I don't want to do that next year. I don't want to become a thing. You know, I just do thing because there are only two that have been medical qualified from wrestling yet. Come in. That would be Jason and Tyson Kid. And they don't have Star Out and Chris to make kind of return and be. 
and get that pop. This week, where someone who they thought not could wrestle it, and they come in there like a raise or somebody. I don't want to see that every year. It was good edge, especially big pop in uh, in the crowds in the ring. He got Chris, which is like holy shit. Let's save that for maybe other. Let's have the next year, the year after, and put again in twenty uh, twenty twenty four, twenty twenty something like that. Uh, I definitely enjoyed. That. It wasn't better than a win match, but it was still good. And I just like. I just felt in my bone when when I said, "Oh, Orton's gonna screw Rich. Orton's gonna screw Rich." And he almost did. He almost did. It backfire. Look at Ed, man. I mean, good God, that dude the Rumble. I'm not nine years and now. Peter is gonna be in the main event of WrestleMania at four championship. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You know, people are gonna be mad about that, but I mean, like. I wish it would have Daniel Bryant. Hell, like, I could have Daniel Bryant. But I'm not mad at being in this session. I'm not mad I like it. Uh, Hector with a couple comments here. He said, um, Carly looks like he worked ass on Puerto Rico. I thought you guys were messing with me because, uh, you guys messed with me about Chris Hacker because during the men's room, that crapped out. Now, we weren't even excited. We were like Chris. Just walking out there, so amazing. Um, but anyway, so that's sort of rumble recap. But one thing I want to be talk about are no greats. Uh, so typically, one I want to look for the final grade, but I get loud work, time job, parent for tests, and everything like that. Plus, doing contributing to other podcasts, it's just for me to watch a. But sus. So, yeah, when we left, and you said D plus, and I said plus. When we rewatched it, did that change? Yes or no? Okay, on the page. re, yeah, on the rewatch, our preliminary grades were both B's to start off with, and I was teetering after the live stream between B plus. A minus. I was teetering in between. And so Monday, clear head, away from all the emotion and all the things, all the good vibes and bad vibes, give it a rewatch. It's B plus, narrowly edging out an A minus. And here's why there are a lot of things that you can't overlook. You can't overlook the handcuffing incident. Incident. You can't overlook the diving spot that could have injured somebody. You know, I'm just looking at the safety factor, but also the time of the other th- four matches, non Royal Rumble. Because even with the rewatch, the entire thing over four hours, you know, Sunday night. I was dragging, and Monday, even though I had a good night's sleep the whole nine yards, I still couldn't justify an A minus out of this, but still, B plus for a very decent night of wrestling is good. 
But my only knock for this is the same knock I've had for TLC and the same knock I've had for Survivor Series. They're expecting specialty matches on the pay-per-view to carry the load. Now it's time for the non-specialty matches to jump in there, carry the load. So it's a complete card again. Champ? All right. I, I stuck with a B plus. Based on, uh, uh, just agreeing with two, two spots I mentioned that 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 track down a bit, but overall, yeah, I, the Royal match made the pay per view. Uh, a well, the Royal matches of the last man standing match basically made pay per view. Uh, they made pay view a B plus, in my opinion. The pre show match was what was what it was. Uh, the SmackDown Women's title match again was very solid. Uh, but you know, you take that away, it doesn't change things. That's how just. It was. It doesn't change anything up or down. That's what I'm saying. Well, I just finished. I just feel like it was a uh, pay per view, which is good. I mean, it's a four pay per view. Should be never net in that uh, big pay per view because you expect that pay per view to be your, your your rock, especially because if the start is the the event as far as Romania, right? Right. So that's where we are. That's it for our Royal Rumble recap. And remember for all. Our watch along reviews. You can check us out on twitch.tv forward slash true no spot pod and make sure you follow All right, let's get into the weekend and do here. Uh, this week had some, we, we had a few weeks. Uh, of course, on SmackDown, their fallouts from Royal Rumble, uh, impact building towards their next impact exclusive, exclusive event, uh, coming up February, uh, coming up month, week. I believe it. Um, as well as Mark, uh, with their two matches that they had on this week. Uh, Wednesday night, or you had Beach for Dynamite. And next, they continued the, the Drove Team Classic, a Tattoo Cup Classic tournament. And of course, in, you have the NXT UK, where Jordan Devlin has open challenge. And you'll be interested to know who actually ended fucking, fucking crap. Um, and then, of course, you know, that's what we're going to cover this week. We, in review. As always, as of course, how we cover it is like this. We five bits out of each show. Out of five, each one, we pick five of our own bits. We don't pick the five bits. We pick five of our own. Sometimes they count similar, sometimes they're different. And then we ask each one of us to pick two of those bits that were good or high points of the show. Excuse me, and we pick one that bad, two out of three false. Bits and one bad bit out of the bush. So, so let's get let's kick this off. Um, I'm gonna start and you do your five bits. All right, bit number one. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Ruth the United States title that that didn't go very long in the disqualification. Is Lashley still stabbing? Uh, two. The segment with Edge, Drew McIntyre, which involved Drew coming out calling Edge. Edge calling question why he's going showing and all of this stuff. Shame is coming out and the shame is turning on Drew, which we all saw coming. Uh David Priest made the debut where he interrupts Miss TV and then and beats Miss thanks to help for Bad Bunny. Edge versus uh Gordon and Mayonet, which all Exodus distraction legal spirit and finally 
a triple threat women's tag match to determine number one contender for the women's tag team championships. Those are five. Hmm. Uh, number one is Drew McIntyre, Edge, and Sheamus. The whole opening bet. Champ, do you want me to add in the promo that Drew did later on or just the opening segment, sir? Just a segment. Just open the segment. Okay. It was a lot okay. in that opening segment. Sorry. I just wanted to, you know, clarify that real quick. Thank you. Um, that's another reason why we make a good tag team, folks. We clarify shit. Okay. Um, mm. Look, first and foremost, Drew McIntyre is a class act. Okay? He is. Um, he's one of the true workhorses of the company. Definitely a shining spot for Raw and WWE. Edge, per the usual, he's solid on the mic. Okay, champ. Did we not say back in October when we had the face turn to wait a couple of months and Sheamus would turn heel? I mean, listen, that? it was there. I mean, even even K, yeah. even uh, Keith, we kept saying like, "Yo, you gonna turn on? You gonna turn?" It was there. It yes. Just oh, it was just a matter of when it was gonna happen, not it. It was just a matter yeah. of when. But go ahead. And I think it was perfectly timed. Okay, folks, I think this was perfectly timed because. Some people turn baby face, and as Keith Lee and anyone knows, it's very apparent you're gonna turn, but you don't want to see an automatic turn. You want it to bleed out a bit. This bleed out, bled out enough to be a legitimate face turn. So that way, when the heel turn comes, damn, it hits. And who did it ever? Because Seamus was like acting like, hey. Show my show my best friend some respect here. And as Drew McIntyre learned the hard way, as well as the easy way. Why? Because we're on top. Everyone is gunning for you. It was a solid opening segment. Um hmm. My other top would be the ending. My second favorite's the ending. The main event, Edge Orton 3. I really wanted this on paper, on the network, or on Peacock. Um, but it needed to happen, I guess, now, because Edge is either going to do, is either going to, you know, go on NXT or on SmackDown or face Drew, you know, over WrestleMania. Um, and now it looks like we could be seeing four. Or Orton versus Fiend at WrestleMania, possibly. This was an exciting match. And although it wasn't as good as their last two matches, it was still a solid main event. And I think we need to thank Edge and Orton, as well as the Alexa Bliss hologram, for wrapping up the first decent Raw in a couple of months. But now we got to go to the bad. And I think I knew, I think Champ knows where I'm going with this. I don't, but go ahead. Oh, okay, cool. Because <laughs> you give me usually I think you, No, because usually I give I, I give you a easy layup for a bat, and then you go the opposite direction. So I really don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> That's what I enjoy about this new segment. I mean, it's a lot of fun, but I had to see the triple threat match 
oh my goodness oh this was mm. i get that you need to have a number one contender but couldn't you've had like a little bit of a tournament not a triple threat and naomi and lana do you really think they're going to be Jackson Baszler? I mean, it's like we're going back to the well again. But maybe I'm wrong. But I think this was a bad idea. But overall, you know, it is what it is. Raw is still Raw. WWE is still WWE bullshit where it comes to women's tag team wrestling. You know. Yeah, so so again, I I didn't know where you were going, but I kind of threw that and Lashley Riddle in there to see which one of those you was gonna pick is bad because either one would have been a right choice in my opinion. Yeah, because both mm-hmm. of them were equally bad in my opinion. But that's they neither were. here nor there. So, what were your five bits for me, sir? Okay, so um, I want to know your take on Miz TV this week. Okay, Mustafa Ali versus Xavier Woods. Okay. Cedric and Shelton versus the Lucha House Party. Okay. Um, the main event, Edge Orton 3. Mm-hmm. And the opening segment between Sheamus, Edge, and Drew McIntyre. Damn, you just made this too easy. Of course, the main the, the opening segment is number one because of the interaction, because of Fat Edge came out and said, it basically said in no uncertain terms, Drew, the fuck is wrong with you trying to show me respect when I'm possibly going to be challenging for your championship, dude? Like, come on. And then Shane was coming out and said, hey, you better put some respect on my mate's name, son. Um, and then turning around and then bro kicking his quote-unquote mate and saying, no, now I want the WWE title. And Drew later on saying, mate, it's on. Um, so, yeah, that was definitely a good a strong bit that's a great way to open the show and i'm never a big fan of you know i'm never a big fan of opening with promos but when you do a promo like that that's a great way to open and of course the main event is definitely number two definitely great great match between those two guys i'm telling you right now it was absolutely and crazy because to be a mini match, and then I got on the raw, and I was just like, I don't know if this is such a good idea, but then they went ahead and I said, Oh, I'm wrong, that was a good idea, it was a great idea, actually. Um, and a little distraction, it wasn't a hologram, it was made to see a shoe sitting on this top rope, and it just went around and around. Yeah, it was, it was still good, and it still adds to that storyline, too. Um, not a bad bit, Miss TV was the bad bit. I'm really getting tired of. This TV and it's and then you got bad involved. It just seemed like it doesn't seem like he's he's he, we we tell it not his first language. I should say, and I've had to go out in front of the world, like you know, in a wrestling world. I'm I'm not really feeling it. I wasn't feeling it at all, and I hate that that's the way that Damian Priest was introduced. Same roster was. TV had bunny. So, yeah, that's the bad bit for me because the tag match was good because it kept it kept everything that whole thing set and then Shelton thing, you know, and, you know, of course, Mustali is going to put on show. It was good at, you know, it was 
they had some backup and Kobe to ward off the rest of retribution. So yeah, uh, but no, let's see if he can get in my, my actually get in the fucking bin. Now, oh heck, I just hope everybody he's coming off the website. Your special women's ad. I just hope you'll get nine weeks of Lana going to a table again because that did that did with the three weeks. It got old quick. And I'm, I'm I'm here for that. Big better not do that shit. Jesus Christ. Anyway, so again, like I said, Raw was actually not bad this week. I was expecting to be bad. And it was. Hey, champ. We um, know one person that would be down yeah. with that idea of the tables. Hurt would be down with that idea. Hurt's on big board. Hurt. Yeah, Big yeah. Hurt. <laughs> Shout out to Big Hurt. I'm not, I'm not though, but yeah, shout out to Big Hurt, but I'm not. I, that shit got old for me. I was like, all right, we got to yeah. stop this shit. We got to stop. Anyway, we want to begin with some Impact. Impact was okay this week. It was okay. Um, and yeah, it was just okay. That's all I can say about it. It was okay. Um, Sith, why don't you hit me with your five bits of Impact so we can get that going, shall we? Yeah. Uh, TJP versus Rohit Raju. ODB is back in Impact Wrestling. Madman Fulton versus Josh Alexander. Tasha Steeles versus Havoc. And our main event, Moose and Chris Bay versus Tommy Dreamer and Rich Swan, champ. Those are your five good sir. Uh, I would go with the main event first. I mean, got now the element of who has the, the ending next challenger for and also Tommy Dreamer in the next for that championship. What Rich said, Tom, early on about letting him handle things because he didn't want Tommy Dream beaten up and, and battered before their championship match. Which kind of got rose and eyebrow Tommy Dreamer, like, hey, I may be up there in age, I can go, stuff like that. So you have that dynamic, it turned out to be a play to the match and moves and bake in the victory and like that. So they, uh, my second oh, he, and TP, they put on a show, but then you got the return of my buddy. Shara, uh, who he's done with the Desi Squad. So it looks like hitting the band back the other somewhat. Uh, but outside that, it, even, even that kind of added to what was a really good match. Everybody wondered who, who in the hell talked to last week. And we come to find out, he's like he's trying to get the Desi Hitwad back again. So there you go. Um, what were the other three? I don't remember. What were the other three? Because I know like, the main event. And Rohit yep. and CJP were good to me. What were the other three so I could figure out which one was bad? ODP's return. Madman Fulton versus that Josh Alexander. And Tasha Steels versus mm-hmm. Havoc. Oh, see, you're an asshole, dude. Because all of the good. You're an asshole. <laughs> I'm an asshole. So I got to pick a bad bit out of three bits that I actually like. Oh, hey. Dude, oh fuck you. Okay, if I had to pick a bad one, and I don't want to, but if I had to, uh, uh, let's see. Fuck me. 
I'd have to say. Oh, fuck. No. Mad Man Fulton and, and, and Josh Alexander and Stretch. That was a solid match because Mad Man Fulton did his job as the big man, did his job as the you know, technical wrestler. I would, I, you know, I was just bad. I don't remember much about the match, whereas I can remember much about Tosh Steels and everything on there. I love ODB back. It's funny because I just seen ODB on Being the Elite just early, just the day before. She was just on Being the Elite. Was it Being the Elite? No. Oh, she was on Sammy's vlog. I think she was on his vlog that day. And then she shows up on Impact. So, yeah, I like that. So, I'm Alexander and, and Adam. And I like this bit, but I, I hate that I do that. I can't believe it. Uh, Hector Chan just do the Adam Wilborn Retribution bit. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I love when he says shit. I laugh every time when I wind back. I can't believe Odie is back. It legit took me back to realize her to strike her something. She looks great. She looks absolutely amazing. She looks amazing, but she's she's been out for a while. She got a food truck that's been very successful too, right? All right, bits. Uh, Seals versus Avid, the one you gave me. Uh, issues a few going on between Brian Myers and Edwards, where they have now added Hernandez and Matt. Jordan Grace versus Susan. TJP versus Raju. And the main event, Dreamer and Swans, Moose and Chris Bay. What do you Okay. Uh, number one is the main event, which just absolutely killed it. Um, it really did. It was solid. And I'm hoping we get that unification title bout soon. And I've noticed something, champ. You know what that is? What did EC3 challenge Moose to do? Change the narrative. Yes, sir. Uh, Moose is in charge of his own narrative. And deep down, EC3 has to be damn proud that the lesson was learned there. He has to be damn yeah. proud. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other good bit being TJP versus Rohit Raju. I was like, holy shit, Shara's back. You know, because I had predicted that maybe... You know, does he hit squad last week? And I'm like, oh, looks like we might have a return coming back. This is going to be great for the X division right here. Um, at least I believe so. Bad thing would have to be Brian Myers' promo. <sighs> Dude, you don't degrade somebody and bring up a legend like Killer Kowalski. That made my stomach turn a bit because Killer Kowalski trained a lot of really good wrestlers um, that we have today. Guy's a legend. But I understand where Brian was going, so this was kind of a stretch. And side note, I think it's great that Asian Karen got that as got a rude awakening with ODB showing up. Mm. Sorry, Karen. Okay. Uh, you going bye bye? Nice, nice. Well, I mean, mm. yeah. 
All right, what are your what are your bits for me? Oh, we've already done oh, you're on dark. You're right. You're right. You're right. You were on dark. I will say though, like I'm I'm really liking the whole the the Susan thing because she really is embracing the caring lifestyle. It's so awesome. I can't. I I, I thought I was gonna hate this. I don't. I don't hate it. <laughs> I don't hate it. She's even doing it on Twitter. It. It's so funny. Yeah. See, I'm I'm barely on Twitter, so I don't see it. I might have to check that shit out anyway. All you right, let's let's talk about dark. Let's talk about dark. Um, all right. So your five bits for dark. I can't wait to get to the final thoughts, dude. I got something to say on that. I saw something, and it's like I'm looking at it right now. It's like bothering the fuck out of me. But anyway, uh, uh -oh. all right, dark. So the five bits, the waiting room segment with Ricky Starks, where they were chatting and chatting. Then Ricky started flirting, and Tony Schiavone cockblocked him. I pop for that. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna hold you. I pop for that. Uh, Ray Phoenix versus Casey Navarro. Instead of all the women's matches, there were three of them in particular that I really liked. Ty Conti versus Tasha Price. Thunder Rosa versus jo uh, Jordan. Amy Jordan. Amy, yeah, Danny Jordan. And Layla Hirsch versus uh, Catalina Perez. Okay. Uh, Chaos Project versus SCU was the main event. And Bear Country teaming with Joey, Janela, and Sonny Kiss to get the victory in their eight-man tag. Those are your five. Oh, man. <laughs> kind of do the waiting room is number one. <laughs> because when you mentioned that part right there, you know, they're flirting up, having a good time. And, of course, I'm thinking, yo, Ricky, um, her fiance is Adam Cole. Baby. Yeah. And then Tony walks in and reminds me that me and my posted on Facebook a long time ago of Linus and Charlie Brown talking together. Linus saying, Charlie, you cockblocked me in front of, you better not cockblock me in front of Peppermint Man. Got that, got it, Chuck. I'm like, God damn. The look on Ricky's face was like, motherfucker, you gotta be kidding me. Type attitude. But that was wild. Um, Ray Phoenix versus KC Navarro. Ray is that frog splash at the end was awesome. Okay, you're not going to see a frog splash as great as the late great Eddie Guerrero, but you've got guy, you've got men and women that can execute a frog splash. It's just phenomenal. And off the chart, that's what Ray does for me. The bad part, you already know where I'm going with this. Which is? Who do I hate seeing in the main event on Dark or at Luther. all? Luther. <laughs> why do you do this to me, AEW? Why, 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 why? You know... I'm going to say this. Serpentico, you're better off without Luther in time. I mean, Chaos Project did look better this week than they have, but it's painful to watch Chaos Project in the main event. I would rather have Sean Dean with the Varsity Blondes go up against, you know, three people from the Dark Order on the main event. 
that would be fun. Chaos Projects is hard to watch on the main event, but I think that Serpentica is in transition right now to go on his own eventually. And it's good to see that SCU is ranking in the W's post post ultimatum of next SCU loss and they're done. Right. Um, okay. Uh, before we get into this, Tony was doing a favor for Adam Cole protecting Rip Baker from Rick stars. Wait a minute. Cole and Baker are engaged. No, they're not engaged. They're just together. I think. Sip yeah. Misspoke. yeah, I misspoke. Yes. They're, they're just together. That's all there they're is. Just together, but still, you know. Do you guys think? Hold on. Do you guys think Nick Camarado looks like a young Bruiser Brody, and the Gangrel ripoff was the main event of Dark? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, they were the main event. I even I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, basically, basically. But anyway, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm like looking down and stuff like that. I was looking down because I'm uh, Mariah May, who's a professional wrestler in the United Kingdom, is streaming right now. And one of her mods actually was watching this, so was watching this early on. So, shout out to Joe, I appreciate you, bro, for checking me out. Um, yeah, well, he's not watching now, but he, he was watching earlier. Yeah. Cool. But, um, all right, those were my five. Those are my five. What are your five? Embedu and Townsend. Ter- Terrell and Terrence Hughes versus Nick Camarado and the Natural Nightmares. Ray Phoenix versus KC Navarro. Tay Conti versus Tesha Price. And I'll couple that with Rosa versus Jordan. Um, Danny Limelight and Ryzen versus The Acclaimed. In Bear Country, Joy Janela, Sunny Kiss versus Aaron Solo, Baron Black, Sean Dean, and Mike Verena, uh, Verna, Vernon. And your last bit is number 10 versus Jake St. Patrick. Okay, run, run those back by me one more time. Sorry, I was like, look, I was looking at something. What, hey, what no worries. Um, Embedu versus the Hughes Twins versus Nick Camarado and the Natural Nightmares. Right. Phoenix versus Navarro. Navarro. Right. I coupled both of those women's women's matches together. Tay Conti, Tesha Price, Thunder Rosa, Danny Jordan. But then I took you for a swerve. Danny Limelight and Ryzen versus the Acclaimed. And then wrapping it up. With Bear Country, Joy Janelle, Sunny Kiss, Aaron Solo, Baron versus Baron, you know, Solo, Black, Shandine, uh, Vernon. Okay. And I owe you one more, and that's 10 versus Jake St. Patrick. Right. Okay. So, uh, Phoenix, Casey Navarro definitely is number one for me. Definitely. It was such a fun and competitive match. Casey Navarro was getting some shit in as well, which made it very competitive. Ray still got the victory, but it still was like, it didn't look like a, star versus enhancement talent match it actually looked like Casey Navarro was like had a chance to beat Ray Phoenix which you want to see even on dark you want to see something like that okay uh my second one was definitely those two women's matches uh Ty Conti is just so fucking good I don't know why NXT dropped the ball with her she is so fucking good and the way she ended it because it was so quiet in the arena she had her up you could hear her say you're done and it just meet her in the face I was like yes girl get it um, and then Thunder Rosa and jo- Danny Jordan, 
like I said, I first saw Danny Jordan in NWA when they was doing the whole circle squared gimmick where they was having up and coming talent come in to try to earn a contract, but then COVID happened and all that went to hell. But um, when she was there, like I was like, I was enamored with Danny Jordan, but man, Thunder Rosa is also just so good. And it looks like she just, she's a strong style all the way. She just goes after, just knocks the shit out of you. Oh, my bad bit. Oh man, my bad bit, my bad bit, my bad bit. Uh, and I hate, um, shit. Um, I want to say, no, I can't even say Mbadu in, in, in TNT. I can't even say that because that was actually really good. Um, if I had to pick, um, uh, I'm a nitpick and just say 10, uh, 10's match. Only because we didn't get wait, did, was negative one on commentary? I think he was, wasn't he? I think no, I think he was at ringside. Oh, then yeah, that's gonna be my bad bit because we didn't get negative one commentary. So that's gonna be yeah. my bad bit. If we did if we'd have had negative one commentary, I wouldn't have picked this as the bad bit. And it was yeah. still a good, it was still a decent match, but I wanted some negative one commentary. Then I would I would have highly enjoyed that shit. But no, that's gonna be my bad bit there. Yes. Negative one is gold on commentary for those who haven't noticed. And I really want them to make Danny Jordan all elite by June because she, something about her. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Hector said, quote, uh, Devon's boys are doing pretty good. The claim annoyed mm -hmm. me a bit, but I enjoyed the match, especially the finisher they did. Yeah, I like the acclaim. Uh, Max Caster can really rap. People don't. People be sleeping. Max Caster be really rapping. Like he was doing yep. a Freestyle Friday series on his on his IG like for a, a while. He I think he stopped it now, but he can rap though, for real. And uh, also he said Ty Ty Conti because you said Tay. It's Ty. It's pronounced Ty Conti. Yeah. Uh, Ty Conti has dangerous legs. She, she might just register them as weapons. They, them things are deadly. Facts. You ain't lying. Big facts. Mm. All right, so that's our Tuesday night lineup. So let's head over to Wednesday night. night. We're going to start with uh, AEW Dynamite, where they presented us with Beach Break. Yay! Uh, Beach Break, where you had uh, we had a lot of stuff going on. You had the Battle Royal, the Tag Team Battle Royal, to determine number one contenders for the tag titles at Revolution. Uh, you had Kip and Penelope's wedding. As a matter of fact, Kip is actually on right now streaming uh, uh, Call of Duty, which is pretty fun. It's always fun to watch him rage. It's so hilarious. Uh, you had, we finally went to have Britt Baker DMD, Dr. Britt Baker DMD against Thunder Rosa. Uh, you had, and you're going to have Death Triangle and Mox against the elite, the new elite, uh, and all that stuff. All right, so Sith, your five bits, please, sir. Uh, the Tank Team Battle Royale, for starters. Right. Your reaction to Father James Mitchell being the officiating minister at the wedding. <laughs> oh, my man. Uh, good, good brothers in Kenny Omega versus Moxley Pack in Ray Phoenix, the main event. The Lumberjack match, Kingston versus Archer. Breakbreaker versus Thunder Rosa. And you know what? Again, you're an asshole because all five of them. 
You're an asshole again. <laughs> I'm just an average Joe with a regular job. <laughs> okay, Dennis Leary, asshole. Right. All right, straight away, the main event was number one just because of the match itself and then what happened after the match with the appearance of fucking Kenta. Kenta has arrived in AEW, and it's official. The forbidden door has been opened. NJPW and All Elite Wrestling are working together because Kenta was in the building to attack Mox. Holy hell. You love to see it. You love to see it. Um, my second good bit there is, oh, man. I'm going to say my second good bit was the, uh, right. Um, Britt Baker and, and Thunder Rosa. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Just a, such a solid women's match. And he actually got time. Even though some of that time was due through picture to picture, they got plenty of time and they was able to get some shit in. And the finish, I like the finish because it keeps Rosa looking strong when she gets knocked out by an exposed turnbuckle and then put into a submission, she's passed out. It makes her look strong. She doesn't have to tap out. She's not pinned. So she still looks good, especially going into that Eliminator tournament. So that finish was absolutely the best finish you could possibly have. Oh, and I hate the fact that you're making me pick the remaining three good bits. Good remaining three bits is one of them being bad. Fucking hell. Um, I will have to say, uh, if I'm going to pick a bad bit, I'm going to have to pick James Mitchell because what the fuck does he have to do with with super with the Super Bad Squad? Like nothing, and he's an impact guy but i guess again they got that working relationship with impact so i guess i guess they could have done without james mitchell to be honest with you there were plenty of shenanigans that were going to be a part of that wedding they didn't really need james mitchell and things like that so i'm gonna go out of them and say james mitchell's the bad bit that's just me that's just me i'm just saying right um all right here you're five uh the tag team battle royal that opened the show Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Kip and Penelope's wedding. Everything about it. Not just James Mitchell, but everything. Um, Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer. Lumberjack match and the main event. Ugh. Same predicament here. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, fuck, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How you like that now? <laughs> Shit. Hey, I like it because I can figure it out pretty quickly. All right, um, my number one is what Champ called the new elite versus the new death triangle. When Kenta arrived, I wasn't sure if Champ Dunning watched it live or not. So I kept quiet, right? But when Kenta arrived, I was like, oh my God. Because it, as Champ said, the door that we never thought would be opened is opened. And just think, now, the NWA, New Japan, Impact, and AEW are kind of working together 
is that good or is that good? That's what I thought. You know, it, it was a solid main event, but Kento arriving was like the icing on the cake there. Oh, this sucks. Um, Tag Team Battle Royal. Because it adds more intrigue. It adds more intrigue to a storyline where they're planting seeds. And it's like what Champ has told you, what I've told you. We like splits where seeds get planted. And it takes a while for things to happen. Sammy is, he's on his way out of the inner circle. I'm going to tell you all right now, he's on his way out. He meant to take out Moxley. He meant, he did not mean to take out one of the acclaimed. He meant to take out one of the inner circle. Just let that be food for thought. Uh, hmm. This is a stretch. The Lumberjack match. And this is a major, major stretch, champ. Because you know I love Lumberjacks. Oh, um, But <laughs> I, I can't wait for the rubber match. But it, I have an idea. They in the entire Kingston family from ringside. And if they, if any of them show up, even in the barricaded area to jump in, then you know they're going to extend it further. But I think the rubber match is going to be a mono-e-mono deal. But it was still a good match. It was a good match, but of the five bits, it's what I enjoyed the least. Although I enjoyed the entire show. Right. But okay, Kenta, my job was on the floor. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, no, see, um, with Kenta, like, the fucked up part is, and this is the fucked up part, because um, you know that I don't watch AEW or NXT live on Wednesday nights. I usually tape it and watch it the next morning. Right. Mm-hmm. So what fucked up is I got up. I was up really early on Thursday, and I got up, and the first thing I did was go on social media, which is a big fucking mistake when you recorded something with wrestling and you have people on your timeline that watch wrestling. So sure enough, the moment I got on there, one of the first things I fucking saw was that cancer was there, and I was like, "Well, fuck. Well, there goes that surprise." So I wasn't as hyped about it when I saw it because I already knew it was fucking happening. Oh so man! Yeah, I gotta stop doing that shit. Like when I record something, not get up and go straight to social media. I was doing that during the um the G1 because of you know New Japan and everything like that. I refused to go on social media and just went straight to watching it. So there there you go. Um all right, Hector's got a couple so a few comments here. He says Beach Break equals Bash at the Beach or Beach Blast since WWE owns the WCW trademark. And I'll admit I was surprised James Mitchell was on Dynamite, but I wonder if he is an ordained minister and cancer arriving on AEW made me pop, but that purple hair on him was not the move. Forbidden door has truly opened and Sith, you can't forget Triple A. That's right. They do have a working relationship with Triple A because Kenny Omega is the Triple A mega champion. Uh, Guevara turning face. It looks like it. It's possible. 
think he can do it. Do y'all think Santana Ortiz should leave the inner circle and join Eddie Kingston's family and make a version of LAX and AEW? <sighs> you like that? Yes. Idea? Yeah, yes. Okay. I'm hip. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not against it. I'm not against it. I'm not against it at all. Um, yeah, I'm not against it. I'm not against it. All right, really quickly, let's move over to NXT before we uh, go to the basement and I got to get this order in for some food before uh, the free delivery goes away. Fucking hell. Anyway, all right, NXT, uh, your bits, please, sir. And I might ask you to repeat them because, like I said, I'm looking at this right quick. Cool. Uh, Team Ninja versus Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez. Ooh, let's see here. Lucha House Party versus Legata. Legato Del Fantasma. Finn Balor, Pete Dunn, uh, the build to that. Where Chad Edge, you know, coming in. Undisputed Era versus Timothy Thatcher and Tomasa Champa. Kurt Stallion versus Santos Escobar. And Leon Roth versus Austin Theory. I like Leon Roth versus Austin Theory, but I'm not going to rank that as either good or bad. Um, so let's take that one out. What were the other four? Okay, your other four, Lucha House Party versus Legato Del Fantasma. Team Ninja versus Dakota Kai Raquel Gonzalez. Um, da -da 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 -da. Kurt Stallion Santos Escobar. Or ever shot this, my bad. And Undisputed versus Timothy Thatcher and Tomas Champa. Champa and Thatcher uh, against Undisputed Era is number one for me, definitely. Um, awesome stuff, really. You know, I just, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it just for what it was, just hard hitting action between all of those guys. Uh, and I just, I just really had, I really had, really enjoyed it. I can't, I can't even lie to you. It was really, really awesome. Um, my second good bit, I would have to say, was Stallion and Escobar. Uh, Stallion, I don't get a lot of him on Two Five Live, but um, I just think that again, they're just making Escobar look so strong. You gotta think that there's gonna be a match down the line between him and Devlin if De if and when Devlin can get back to the states, or if and when Escobar can make it to the UK because right now it's not looking good. But you gotta think there's a match down the line for those two to determine the undisputed cruiserweight champion in NXT. You gotta think this. Um, yeah, uh, my bad bit. Uh, my bad bit is Dakota Kai and um. And Raquel Gonzalez, because I wanted Casey and uh Caden to win. I wanted them to have like that magical Cinderella run. Uh I get it that you know what they gotta I get it to go with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez because Raquel should be looking strong after her performance in war games. But I really wanted to see a Cinderella story here, and we're not gonna get that. And I'm kind of sad about that, to be quite to be fair. Um yeah. Okay, I still got some time. Sorry, like I said I'm trying to order from Hungry. I'm so hungry right now. Um, but yeah, those are my those are my my those are my two good and my one bad. All right, here are your five bits really quickly. Here, Sith. Um, 
first Edge's first ever appearance in NXT, where he got in the middle of Pete Dunne and Finn Balor. Uh, all of the Dusty Cup match, uh, all the Dusty Cup uh, classic tag team matches, all the men's and the women's. Uh, Santos Escobar versus Kurt Stallion, Leon Ruff versus Austin Theory, and Jesse Kamea against Tony uh, Tony Thickums, Tony Storm. When you say Tony Thickums, I just want to act like you know, just like that. Anyway, relax, relax. <laughs> um. This is really tough. Number one would have to be the Dusty uh, Rhodes matches, men and women. Just really take away my feelings about Team Ninja losing. I feel the same way. I wanted to see Team Ninja win, and of course they're gone. But I strike away my personal feelings about that. All the matches this week in the Dusty Rhodes Classic were really, really, really good. So that's my number one. My number two... I'd have to say Kurt Stallion versus Santos Escobar. I cannot wait for Devlin Escobar. Oh my God. That that is gonna be sick. It it really is. <sighs> this sucks because this was really, really, really a good night for NXT. Um If I had to pick a losing, pick a bad thing, a bad segment, I would have to say, um, Camille and Tony Storm, just a Camille and Tony Storm. And look, my takeaway why it's bad and it's a reach is that Jesse Camille was going to take the L regardless because she is not a part of the build. Okay, the true targets for Mercedes Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm are Io Shirai and Shotzi Blackheart. Those are the true, that's the true story here. Not Jesse Camilla, but I understand where they're going with this because it served a purpose. But I, it's a stretch. It really right. is because NXT was solid this week. Right. All right, Hector's asking, I wonder what NXT is going to do with the NHL coming to USA with NBC Sports Network ending. That is a good fucking question. We'll keep an eye on that to see what they're going to do, but that's going to be interesting to see what they do. They'll probably end up, you know, they got Peacock and everything like that, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Hector, you're hearing a dog because Sith has a dog. Yeah. <laughs> that's just simple. Sith has a dog. And that's why you're hearing. There he, there's, there he is. Look there at she him. is. That's Ginger. Science Ginger. Yay. And uh, Hector says, Cruiserweight Unification Match at Worlds Collapse at NXT. Do it again. Again, Hector, it's it's just going to depend on what the world looks like when yeah. that comes around. Right now, there's still travel restrictions, strict travel restrictions when it comes to travel between the United States and the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to take that into consideration. If those travel restrictions get lightened a bit where there's no need for a quarantine as long as you have a negative test, 
then I'm pretty sure that that kind of thing can happen again. But right now, that can't happen because of the fact that travel is like really, yeah. it's like really strict. It's really, really strict traveling between those two countries. And same thing with traveling to Canada and stuff like that. Mexico, not so much, but Canada, yeah. I mean, it took uh, how long for Pac to come back? Yeah. EW? Yeah, um, same thing. With, uh, same thing with Shauna, and Shauna was uh-huh. coming from France, and she had to go yep. to a whole another country to quarantine, and then come here. So yeah, it's like I said, when travel starts to, when travel restrictions start to get a little bit looser, not too loose, but loose enough, then we might start seeing some more, uh-huh. some, some more things happening, some more dominoes falling. Yeah. You know? All right. Speaking of the UK, it's time to go overseas to the UK and talk about the NXT UK report. Sith, what do we have on tap in the report this week? What is the latest with Zaya Brookside and Nina Samuels? Still their rivalry. You'll find out in a minute. Um, Tyson T-Bone came back. And guess whose first challenger was? It was none other than the mad Russian Ilya Dragunov. You'll find out what happened there. And also, Jordan Devlin was in our main event. Who did he go up against? You'll find out on the NXT UK report right here, right now. Hey, what's up, everyone? And welcome to your NXT UK report for this week. Our opening match was Zaya Brookside versus Nina Samuels, where it started off with Nina Samuels taking more shots at Zaya's family. This match turned into a solid opening match. Nice little back and forth, but Nina Samuels steals a win after using a purse and hitting Zaya in the jaw, laying her out cold. We had Josh Morrell taking on Joseph Connors, and Jenny is now in the corner of Joseph Connors, which makes things to potential to shake things up in both divisions right now, men's and women's division right now. Because Connors has turned into a vicious cat in the ring, and he won with a straight jacket neckbreaker. Sean Samuels gave us a promo and said that his journey and quest starts now. We had Tyson T-Bone versus Ilya Dragunov this week. Tyson T-Bone is back, ladies and gentlemen, and he looks great. Now, despite all the trash talk from Sam Gradwell outside the ring, these cats had an impressive match. But just like two weeks ago, Dragunov wins by referee stoppage when after a collision, Dragunov put in a clutch and knocked Tyson out with the elbows, but then he went and fought with Gradwell until it was broken up. Next week, we get the debut of Mika of Miko Setamura, and we also get South Wales subculture versus the hunt in a street fight. In what was a very quick affair, Joe Coffey dropped Danny, Danny Jones to the Glasgow, Glasgow send-off and the best of the bells. He, and better look out folks, because Joe Coffey and Rampage Brown are headed for a collision course. In our main event, Jordan Devlin took on the Bomber Dave Mastiff, which was an exciting match where you had two different divisions, the heavyweight and the cruiserweight division going at it. After an amazing back and forth, Devlin wins with his 450 splash. And that is your NXT UK report for this week. Stay tuned every week at this time for NXT UK reports 
from the basement. Okay, there you go. Our, that was going to see UK report from the basement for this week. Uh, I think we got to start straight away. I think I was I was mad confused when Devlin came out for his match and fucking Mastiff walked his big ass out there. I'm like, wait, time out, fam. Wait, he ain't anywhere near 205. His arm may be 205, but he ain't 205, god damn it. I was so confused, but he was like, hey, I don't want the title. I just want to fight. <laughs> I was like, okay, I respect it. He just wants to fight. He give a fuck less about the damn title. He just wants to fight. And boy, did he give a fight to Devlin, though. But man, Devlin is just too good. That's why he's the Irish ace. You better than you never bet against the ace. Never. Um, that this issue with Zaya Brookside and uh and, and Nina Samuels, it's not over. Not after that finish. This uh, this shit ain't over. And you know Zaya Zaya already went to Sid Scotland was like, yo, this this shit ain't over, fam. This ain't over. Um, <laughs> Joe Coffee. Listen, I'm gonna tell you like this. I'm officially. A, a Gallus Mark. Gallus boys on top, baby. Let's go. Joe Coffey be talking big shit in the rain, though. He be like, like, this is my this is my kingdom, son. I'll be like, yo, I would hate for a Bama to be beat me up and then call me son. I would hate, I would hate that shit, dude. I would hate it with a passion. But he gets it, he gets it all so well. I love it. Gallus boys on top, son. I love it. Let's go. Um what else happened on here? Uh, I cannot wait. I'm gonna be honest. With you, I cannot wait to see Mako's uh, debut because you know I've mm-hmm. I've not really been into the Josie uh, wrestling world. Uh, I'm sure my guy Dem, who's part of the team as our Josie Pro uh, contributor and 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 analyst and expert, he probably has seen a lot of Mako's uh, matches, so he could probably tell me more about her than I could even try to find and research. But I can't wait to see what she does uh, when she comes to NXT UK. Can't wait for that. And I definitely cannot wait for Joe Coffey versus Rampage Brown. Give me that in my fucking veins now. <laughs> Give me that shit. Um, and then Ilya, listen, Sam Bradwell is a prick. <laughs> let's, just, let's just be honest. Sam Bradwell is a complete prick. And I can't wait for Ilya Dragunov to just snap on him and beat the fuck out of him. That yes. Beat the fuck out of that fucking prick. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, man. All right, we got some comments here from Hector. Ilya Dragunov is a small guy, but he hits like as if he is Walter. Listen. Yes. <laughs> if, if anybody still has not seen Ilya Dragunov versus Walter, what are you fucking waiting for? That was a match of the year candidate, and it came towards the tail end of 2020. Jesus Christ. Go find that match and watch it. And then come back and let us know what you thought about it. Uh, Nino Samuels messed with Zaya's father, Robbie Brookside. I don't know about that, but I know that Nina, Nina Samuels was saying some foul shit about her family, though, which led to this confrontation. So, um, but yeah, good solid week of NXT UK again this week. Really solid. Uh, they continue to produce such great, great content out of the UK, uh, given the fact that they're also dealing with lockdown. I'm pretty sure that they recorded more footage prior to this recent lockdown that has happened in the UK and everything like that. So hopefully there won't be any shutdowns for them uh, like what happened in 2020 when the whole world went to shit because of COVID-19. Uh, all right, we're coming down to the to the, the end of the show here. We are already almost at two hours. Fuck me. Um, all right, Friday Night Smackdown. It's the fallout from Royal Rumble. Where would we find out? Will we get a decision from Edge? He was already on Raw. 
and saw Drew McIntyre. He was already on NXT and saw good old uh, Finn Balor. Would he show up to SmackDown and confirm Roman Abuchi? Well, let's find out, shall we? Um, Sid, hit me with your bits. Pause. Hmm. Let's see here. Let's have a little fun here. Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro. Dominic versus King Corbin. Bailey versus Ruby Riot. Roman's promo with Edge. At the, both beginning and end. Mm-hmm. The IC match between Triple Threat match. And Otis and Chad Gable versus the Dirty Dogs. Okay, so my boss Roman and Edge, they're in a, those pro, those promos are number one straight away. I mean, you know, Roman's like, you know, you ain't gonna disrespect me. This is my show. I'm the, the boss, and yeah, Edge ain't have none of that. Like, look, Chief, like I've been here. I've done this. Like, you can't, you can't intimidate, fam. Um, so yeah, you got that going. Uh, what were the other four again? I keep getting fucking distracted. Like, I gotta stop. I gotta. Find out what's uh going Daniel anyway. Bryan Cesaro. Yeah, that's number two. Don't have to yeah. tell me the other ones. <laughs> that's number two. And the fact that, that Cesaro actually won clean and tapped out Daniel Bryan really just said, and then the respect that they showed each other at the end. I mean, that was absolutely just a class wrestling match between those two. Class wrestling match. I loved every bit of it. Uh now you can tell me the other three now. Now that I got my two bit good ones out of the way. What are the other three? Ah, the IC Triple Threat Match, the Alpha Academy versus the Dirty Dogs, okay, and Dominic versus King Corbin. Mm, I'm going to have to go with the tag match with the Dirty Dogs and, and uh, Gable Academy, um, the, that Alpha Academy, uh, which is a stretch because it was actually a fairly decent match, but... Yeah, no. Like when you look at the triple threat IC title match, which was absolutely a banger, and then you look at uh, the other one, uh, you look at Dominic and Corbin, which wasn't bad, and you got a funny result with Ray crawling under the ring, crawling under the, on the other side, and getting Corbin caught up and doing a little sneaky style to get Dominic the win to even up that series. So you know they're going to go to a third match. Yeah, the uh, Alpha Academy. Dirty Dogs match was definitely the bad bit out of that. So, yeah, that's what I'm going with. That's what I'm going with. All right. Your bad bit. Your, your five bits. Number one, Mob Boss Roman and Edge. Just simple right there. Cesaro versus Daniel Bryant. Uh, the Bianca Belair segment, which included the Somalier Reginald, Carmella, and Sasha Banks. Dominic versus Corbin, and the IC title triple threat match. Uh, now, I'm going to tell y'all right now, Champ, Donnie, and I reside on the island of relevancy. Unlike some people, because if you didn't like Edge versus Roman, their beginning and ending, there's something wrong with you really wrong with you 
and you do not belong on the island of relevancy with the three of us. But that was just lit. Um, it really, really was. And Kevin Owens coming out at the end was just insane. You know, it, it's stuff like that where I wish we had live audiences back, but I'm glad we don't. But the pop would have been them. The pop would have been off the chain. Okay. Number two, I'd have to say Daniel Bryan Cesaro. Face turn for Cesaro. Return to the Cesaro section again when live crowds come back. Yes, please. Um, the fist bump after the match, sign of respect. I'm down with that. Oh, this is painful. But I would have to say the worst, and this is a stretch, is the same as you, Alpha Academy, um, is the IC match. Oh. And that's a stretch, because I really enjoyed it. Um, big ups to Big E, though. He's taking on all contenders. He's putting people over and gets the work in. But this is a, the only thing I hated. The only thing I did not like this week. Well, there are only two things I didn't like this week. One was Bailey versus Ruby Riot and Hulk Hogan showing up. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I mean, uh, look, it, it happened 33 years ago. 33 years ago. I've moved past it. Why can't you, for the sake of everybody, get them off my fucking TV? Right. Well, okay. So this is this is my thing. Um, I said... I, I actually put that Bel Air segment in there because it was so just all over the place. I yeah. thought... I, I wasn't a fan of it, but at the same time, with Sasha bringing it back in place, and then the, and then the getting whipped like a government mule with hair, <laughs> I, everything about it, it just—it was just so it was all over the place, right? So yeah, yeah, that's all right. Hector, what's what we got here from Hector? Here, he's got a bunch of comments, man. I love it. Let's see. Uh, Roman looked like he was about to pop a vein when he heard Edge wasn't in Tropicana Field yet, and Paul had to back off. Like it looked like he was saying, "I shouldn't have left Brock let 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 Brock leave," right? Uh, I, and I agree, Cesaro versus Brian was a masterclass in Matt Wrestling because that Cesaro swing to the sharpshooter was impressive. Dominic versus Corbin has to be the bottom of the barrel for me because of the finish. Like, Ray had no business interfering in his son's match. I think Cesaro was paying his respects to Brian because they did work together in Ring of Honor, if it serves me right. And that Hogan said, segment made no sense, honestly. I was, I was Confused as hell because Hogan was doing a promo against Andre the Giant. <laughs> right. And Andre ain't even here no more. Like, dude, why are you cutting a promo on a dead man, dude? Like, right. Okay. So we're finally to the end of the course. Means it's time for our final thoughts. And again, our final thoughts are usually either wrestling related or non-wrestling related. Uh, but we give final thoughts, and we also plug what we have coming for you all outside of this podcast. So, of course, we're going to start with the Sith and his final thoughts. Sith, what is on your mind, and what do you got coming up uh, for? Oh, what's on my mind? Y'all ain't going to like this. 
but I did a segue. We're doing a segue here. I get that on SmackDown, you have to have match flow with progressive this week in WWE history and whatnot. But really, did we really need to have Hulk Hogan on there burying a, a, the guy? Andre the Giant's been dead for years. One of the greatest big baby faces and monster heels of all time when it comes to Andre. And I get that people are still in their feelings 33 years later. Okay, over what happened that night. But hey. I've gotten over it. Why can't y'all? Okay, it, it, it's over with. Everyone's made peace with it. I mean, come on. If you're going to put Edge over, put Edge over. But th this was just typical grandstanding. They gave a guy who isn't liked by some of the younger people in the locker room a few minutes to talk, and it just made no sense at all. And that's my final thought, is just keep Hulk Hogan off TV, please. Unless it's something sensible, just keep him off. It'll save us a lot of misery. And in the basement, we're in part three, we're into the top 40 of the essentials. And also some very intriguing questions have hit in Q&A land as well. That's so much more. Sunday in the basement, champ. Right. So, um... Over the last few weeks, I've gotten into watching um, Twitch streams, Tw uh, you know, people playing games or just chatting on Twitch, uh, including some wrestlers, you know, Evil Uno, Kip Sabian, just to name a few. Uh, and I've gotten, you know, I've made some friends somewhat in this whole thing. You know, like I'm a big part of uh, what's known House May, which is Mariah May's uh, group of, of friends and, and followers and stuff like that. Uh, we play Among Us, all this good stuff. It's been fun. It's been a, something for me to have in between preparing for this podcast and working to keep me from going into a very deep, dark depression is having that sort of thing. But what I've noticed in a lot of these Twitch streams is the thirstiness that exists. There's two things that I've noticed that really ir irritate me. The thirstiness of people that they'll go into a, a, a well-known person's Twitch stream and, type, and they see that they're interacting with their chat. So they'll type in a message. But if they don't acknowledge that message, they'll repeat that message again and again, trying to get them to acknowledge that message on that stream. You guys are nasty. Y'all are fucking disgusting when you do that shit. You look desperate, you look thirsty, and you look disgusting. If they don't acknowledge that, that tweet, if they don't acknowledge the message, clearly that's... You, it's a message they don't want to acknowledge, or maybe they missed it, but you don't have to repeat it over and over again, especially if the second time they do you do it and they still don't acknowledge it, then clearly want to acknowledge it. Move on. You're fucking disgusting. You spam somebody's chat box with a message that they clearly don't want to read out to their followers and their viewers. And the other thing that really, really, really ticks me off. If a wrestler is playing some kind of game, and it's a non-wrestling game, and they're not just chatting, they're just they're playing a game. Why are you in there asking them wrestling questions? 
Maybe they want to be away from wrestling for a, a couple of hours and be a human being and a gamer. Why are you in their chat asking them wrestling questions? I saw this uh, last week in Chase Owens' stream. He, he even said it. He's like, dude, this is not Q&A. But yet the band was still in there asking him wrestling questions. And I'm like, you are you an idiot? Like, yes, they're wrestlers. I get it. Yes, they're, they, you know, they're performers. They wrestle. But when they're on Twitch, they're trying to be, they're playing a game and trying to have fun and entertain and provide content for people. Why are you in, why are you sitting there like trying to ask wrestling questions? Let it go. Talk about the game. Talk about the fucking game being played. Ask them how they're doing. Stop sitting there and saying, so Chase, uh, is, is Kenta part of your, your group chat or you look like an absolute stupid mark. You look like a mark, and you look dumb. Like I said, those are some of the nasty behaviors I see on these Twitch streams, like, on a regular basis. And it just irritates the fuck out of me, dude. And I'm glad that some of these guys don't have me as a mod, because I would be kicking these motherfuckers out in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. That this behavior, that behavior's got to go. That's just It's just nasty. It's just nasty. Anyway, so um, I'm I'm back on uh, I'm back on Spook on the Hill this Monday, uh, the Wizards Roundtable, and uh, most likely for football, probably no yet, uh, but I will definitely be on for the Wizards Roundtable. And man, oh man, it's been a rough week for the Wizards, uh, and so we're gonna talk about uh, that's gonna be coming up this Monday. Uh, time to be determined, but I'm on, I'm in there. I'm in there. All right, let's bring Sif back in and let's look at these last two comments here. Uh, let's see, it's 5.05 p.m. Man, this episode went fast to you. Shit, it didn't, don't feel that fast to me. Anyway. Yeah, I know. And, um, I, made a friend with, I made a friend with you, Chad, because without you, I wouldn't have found this podcast, so I'm grateful for you, my dude, Hector. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Oh, um, man, that's a, hum- that's a humbling comment right there. I love it. That's awesome. Um, but that's about it. That's about all we got for you guys when it comes to um yeah, when it comes to this, we'll um we'll get it. I'm I'm coming all over here. Oh, hey champ, even though I'm a Celtics fan, but can you pass me the Wizards podcast link? I'll definitely do that, Hector. I'll I'll send it to you. Um I'll message it to you. Uh the, the page uh where you can check out that you can check that out. Um it's Monday night if they stream it live and stuff like that. So I'll get I'll get that to you. Um, but that's it. That's all. We've gone over two hours. We talked about the Royal Rumble. We've talked about uh, the Wii Buzz. We've talked about New Japan, all this good stuff. So we're done here. We are done here. We will catch mm-hmm. you guys next week. Uh, again, I'm, you know, I'm experimenting with doing the podcast on Twitch. Uh, we may make that a permanent thing where we do the podcast across all the three, three of these platforms so that way we can reach different audiences. Um, I'm also thinking about, and I've been brainstorming this, um, I'm thinking about maybe uh, a couple nights uh, during the week, um, maybe a couple nights during the week, during like games, like on like PC games, like Marvels on stream on one night, and then maybe some Among Us on another night. Myself, uh, and then see if I can get some people to get involved in that, uh, as well as and Sith. This was an idea I was floating in my head for you, uh, as someone who's watched wrestling for a long time. Maybe like on a day, like maybe on a Friday. You do something called Flashback Friday, where you watch a vintage show on stream and just react to it. Oh, that could be an idea. 
we'll talk about it. I'm raised yeah. on the ideas because I want to. I want this Switch channel to like really, like really be a good avenue to provide content outside of uh, the normal social media platforms. Um, all right, Hector, take care, bro. Take care, buddy. Um, but that's we're, we're we're thinking about that. So just keep an eye out on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash uh, No Spots Pod, and you know, see we might make some announcements on there about what we're gonna do uh, in terms of the Twitch channel. But anyway. That's all. I'm rambling, and my food should be here in about 30 minutes. So talk to you guys later. Peace. Peace out. Hey, guys. It's Champ here. We hope you enjoyed that episode of No Spots Podcast. If you did, make sure you are following us so you can be notified when we upload new episodes. And make sure you follow us on all social media platforms, facebook.com slash nospotspod, as well as on Twitter, at truenospotspod. We will catch you on the next episode. Myself, Donnie Wrestling, and The Sip for the No Spots Podcast on the True Radio Network.